0: It's Wednesday, February 8th, 2017, and this week we're reading from the Dwight Goddard translation of the Tao Te Ching, and this is chapter 18. When the great Tao is lost sight of, we still have the idea of benevolence and righteousness. Prudence and wisdom come to mind when we see great hypocrisy. When relatives are unfriendly, we still have the teachings of filial piety and paternal affection. When the state and the clan are in confusion and disorder, we still have the ideals of loyalty and faithfulness. All right. Today I'd like to try something a little bit different. Different. Uh, for the last two minutes of our 10-minute sit, we're going to do a, a mantra together. And um, if you're not already familiar with doing a chant or a mantra, you're just basically, uh, you can even hum it. Uh, many people say om, but you're just basically letting your vocal cords engage for the entire out-breath. So, for instance, it would be something like mm, or oh. and uh the idea behind this is um, as far as I know, to to allow yourself to become more present and free of thought, and the the vocalization sort of helps with that. So we'll do that. I'll lead that in the last two minutes of our 10-minute sit. And um, let's get right into it then. Find your posture. I'm sure you're already probably there. And here we go. Let the breath come from your belly now. And if it's naturally higher up and you shift to your belly and fear arises, can you just notice it, accept it? Take it as it is for now and see if possible, if you can bring that fear, if it's there, a little bit of love. And just let your awareness sit with your breath. whatever thoughts might be in your mind, just, just let them come and go. Just let them come and go. Nothing unusual in having them come up, but they're just thoughts. Staying focused on the breath. See now if you can connect with your heart. See if you can make a connection between your mind and your heart. Without words, without thoughts or judgments or labels, just see if you can listen to your heart, and if your heart can listen to your mind at the same time, see if you're willing what that feels like. And keep your awareness on your breath too. All right, we're going to start the chant soon. Nice and upright now. I'll begin, and then if if you're able to, you can join. Well, I still think I might need a class in bell ringing, but uh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. So I have a theory and um, you, my friend, are going to confirm or deny for me whether my theory is correct. And that theory is that there's a lot of value in exploring these spiritual traditions with somebody who is honest about their challenges, the difficulties and where they are. I've, I have alluded to that a number of times already when I've talked about um, spiritual leaders who really fucking trap themselves by behaving as if they're always enlightened. I don't know, maybe some people are. But the point is that that's a little difficult to relate to for many of us. I know it is for me and I'm more compelled by and more interested in the journeys of those of us who are honest about our struggles. And having said that, it seems like I pretty much constantly have to remind myself of that fact. Because it's extremely easy to fall into a pattern in which um, I begin trying to appear spiritual, and it's difficult for me to admit that. There's shame around that. Yeah, it's fucking tough out there. <laughs> uh, all righty, let's let's take another look at chapter eighteen. That's an important and timely one again today, in my opinion. But then that's just my opinion. Okay, here it is. When the great Tao is lost sight of, we still have the idea of benevolence and righteousness. Prudence and wisdom come to mind when we see great hypocrisy. So in other words, generally speaking, when the path is lost, when the world no longer follows the Tao. Righteousness and benevolence come into vogue, where we have righteousness and benevolence. Another translation calls it justice and benevolence. So in other words, when we are no longer following our heart, and we start following rules, rules like our ideas of what it means to be benevolent
1: or righteous, Prudence and wisdom come to mind when we see
0: great hypocrisy. Uh, another translation, the Suzuki translation, says, "Prudence and circumspection appear, and we have much hypocrisy," which I think is a little bit more accurate than the Goddard translation in its um, capturing of the original intention. So, in other words, cautiousness and an a lack of willingness to take risks, arise, and hypocrisy ensues. It can be a little difficult at first to see the connection between cautiousness and hypocrisy. But it's there, isn't it? Just sort of sit with it for a moment. You can recognize the connection. When we're cautious, we're far less likely to be ourselves. Let's move to the next verse. When relatives are unfriendly, we still have the teachings of filial piety and paternal affection. When the state and the clan are in confusion and disorder, we still have the ideas of loyalty and faithfulness. Filial piety, if if you're not already aware of the term, uh, means respect for one's elders. And it's possible, you know, there's some debate about uh, when exactly the Tao Te Ching was written. And, and as I've mentioned before, it may have been, probably was likely written by more than one author, not just uh, Lao Tzu, which I think translates to something roughly like the old one or old master or something like that. Um, and so depending on when you think this is written, it is possibly a contemporary of Confucianism and filial piety was one of the uh, values promoted by Confucianism, respect for one's elders, taking care of your parents in old age, and this is sort of turning it on its head. And saying filial piety and paternal devotion are bullshit. There's signs that something isn't right in the family. And you can think about the Ten Commandments, too. It's right in there as well. Honor thy father and thy mother. Yeah, and if you think about it, that's backwards. Filial piety and eternal affection are the values of an authoritarian family. More than likely, they exist in the absence of
1: true love, duty, and devotion.
0: When the state and the clan are in confusion and disorder, we still have the ideals of loyalty and faithfulness, or patriotism. When the state is in disorder, patriotism arises. This chapter is is social commentary. And if you're the leader of a state, well, then you can change your entire society, perhaps. Move it towards something different. And if you're that kind of leader, then you're more or less a dictator. So one wonders whether that's the right approach. Well, I mean, my assessment is it's not at all. So the question for us is how do we apply some lesson from this chapter to our own lives? What can we change? What can we make out of this that's constructive for ourselves? Because it's so easy to take any of this and just use it as a way to look around and see everything that's going wrong, which it's not hard to do. I do it every day. But to what extent am I, and to what extent are you, looking around and seeing where the Tao has been lost in society, in our culture, and then using that as a means for criticism and then feeding the power of that criticism, giving our energy to the criticism in such a way that we also then lose sight of the Tao. You know, it's like the way that anger generates anger in other people. And then nobody's getting their needs met, which is why the anger arose in the first place. It's similar to that. So, again, the question is what can you do constructively here? Well, I, I would offer that you could give yourself a break from it. What does a break look like? Well, If you're like me, you probably spend a little bit too much time looking at news online. Maybe you can take a day off from that. I'm going to make the commitment, tough as it is for me, to let go of that for today. Or maybe you're somebody who's kind of attached to his or her phone all the time. And, you know, we all have to be on our phones to a certain extent. Maybe you need it for work. You have to text. You have to communicate with people. What if you just gave the social media beast a break for a day? If that's your thing. Facebook, Twitter, commenting on somebody's website. And just give yourself some time to be with yourself. And give yourself the chance to notice where you are. You know, I used to live in San Francisco and uh, when I did, I would take the, the train from where I lived to downtown most days of the week. And I would look around on that train and fucking damn near everybody would be on their phone looking at their screen, not noticing whatever was going on around them. It's okay if you do that. Maybe you have work to do. Maybe that's a way that you use to get things done if you're pressed for time. But how about just one day of letting go of that and see how it feels. Does anxiety come up? Is it sort of an addiction? Do you feel really compelled to go grab one of your devices and check on something? Feed that beast That's inside all of us. Mm. then that's an opportunity to learn something, isn't it? A chance to deepen your practice. And me. Plenty of chances for that. Okay. That will do it for today. Enjoy your reduced technology day. And thanks for sitting with me.